Church, if you would, go ahead and open your Bibles with me to Paul's letter to the Philippians. And as you do, I, I am truly saddened that we are unable to meet together this morning. I wish I could tell you for certain when we'll be able to gather together again. But clearly right now we are living in a day of uncertainty. And I can't give you that answer as much as I would like to be able to do so. However, that doesn't mean that we as a church stop being the church. We as elders still have the responsibility to provide you with faithful teaching, encouragement, and pastoral care. And we as a congregation still have the responsibility to look out for and care for one another. Regardless of our circumstances, we must still love God and love people. At no point does the church stop being the church. In fact, my prayer is that in this season, our, our light will shine brighter than ever before. Now, if you need to hit pause to go get your Bible, go ahead and do that now. As what each of us need most right now is to hear from God through his word. If you're working on other things, maybe trying to, to multitask, to give yourself, to keep yourself busy or, or working out your anxiousness, I, I get it. But I encourage you to, to take time to pause, open your Bible, gather your family together and, and let God speak to you through his word. We've all heard enough from, from media reports, government officials, and everyone who has an opinion via social media. Now we need to take time to, to pause and to hear from God himself. So picking up in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So church, within this text, we find three instructions. Three instructions that I believe are very applicable to our present circumstance. One, there's a call to rejoice. Two, there's a call to reasonableness. And three, a call to, to relieve our anxiety through prayer. So what I want to do in, in the brief time that we have together through this platform is to take a moment to, to look at all three. And how they're they're woven together. Starting with a call to, to rejoice in the Lord always. Now it's important to understand Paul's call to rejoice in the Lord always. It's not coming in the midst of easy. It's not coming in the midst of comfort. It's coming in the midst of difficulty. It's coming in the midst of trial. It's coming in the midst of uncertainty. Why? Because Paul doesn't have a superficial view of happiness as it applies to the Christian faith. Christian joy doesn't exist only in the good times, but in all times. Another way of saying it is, our joy isn't dependent on our changing circumstances, but rather on the one who does not change. 
we are to rejoice in the Lord. When? When are we to rejoice in the Lord? Always. Always, in every circumstance. And, and here's where I picture Paul anticipating a response from the Philippians, something like, but, but how? Like, do you, do you see what's taking place all around us? Do you know the opposition that we're facing? Do you, do you see our current circumstances? How are we expected to rejoice in the Lord always? But see what gives Paul's letter in charge that extra oomph here? Is Paul's writing this letter from prison. He himself is in prison, writing this letter and encouraging the Philippians to rejoice in the Lord always. He hears their presumptive response saying, but, but Paul, and Paul follows with, yeah, again, I say, rejoice. Rejoice, church. Rejoice in the Lord always. In church, I, I echo Paul's words to you this morning. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Our greatest enemies, like sin and death, they have been defeated. Not partially, but completely. They have been defeated. We who are in Christ have been, that has already been Delivered from the domain of darkness and transferred to the kingdom of God's beloved son. In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Rejoice in the Lord always, church. A week ago, none of us thought we'd be where we're at today. But God did. Therefore, rejoice in his sovereignty. Rejoice that in the midst of the uncertain, he and his promises and his purposes, they remain certain. Rejoice in knowing that all things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Rejoice that even if we don't know how, God is using these present circumstances to advance his eternal plan of redemption. Rejoice that he is giving you like precious time right now to have eternal conversations with those you love, with your children, with your family, and, and with those he places in your path throughout this season. Oh, church, I, I call you this morning. I call you right now to rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. But now Paul doesn't stop there. As we're reminded from verse 5 that Christian joy is not inward focused. Look at verse 5 with me for a moment. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. What Paul is saying here is that the joy we have as Christians is not intended to be inward focused. The joy we're given isn't to be focused on, on self-pleasure or self-preservation. It's natural in times such as these to, to focus on caring for ourselves. It's natural to focus on caring for our family. And we should. We need to look out for ourselves. We need to look out for our family. Having faith in God and, and taking precaution are not in opposition to one another. God's not opposed to hand sanitizer. But we must not look out only for ourselves. 
but also for the needs of others. As it's here where we truly learn what it means to rejoice. Just consider Paul's words in chapter 2 of this letter. You can turn back with me there for just a moment. Philippians chapter 2 verses 3 and 4. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also the interests of others. Now, considering what Paul is saying here, who is he calling us to emulate? Well, the answer is simple. He's calling us to emulate the heart and the actions of Christ himself. All we have to do is keep reading chapter 2, verse 5 and following to see. As he says in verse 5, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. Amen. Church, in this season of uncertainty, when so many of our neighbors are anxious, maybe so many of you may be anxious, let us extend ourselves in humility and love as the hands and the feet of Jesus. Let us not look inward, but outward to those around us. Let us be intentional about checking in on one another as, as well as those who, who live around us. If help is needed, let us lend a helping hand as we are able. If you have an extra roll of toilet paper, pass it along. When people ask you about your hope, and your joy in this season. Like how? Like how can you have hope? How can you have confidence? How can you have joy? How can you rejoice in the season? Take the time to point them to Jesus. Give a reason for the hope that is within you. Now thirdly, Christians are not marked by anxiety. But rather, faith rooted in prayer. And yes, this can be hard. But remember what Paul said at the end of verse 5. The Lord is at hand. What Paul is telling the Philippians and us is rooted in the reality of Christ's promised return. He will return and he will make all things new. There will come a day when there will be no more sickness and no more sorrow and no more death. Why? How can we have such certainty? Because Jesus himself has promised to return and to make all things new. And it's with that reality in mind, we look to his charge in verses 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And what I want to do is look at three things we see coming from these two verses. One, we see a prohibition. Two, we, second, we see a command. Third, we see a comforting promise. So first, the prohibition. 
Paul telling the Philippians and us, do not be anxious about anything. And that includes the coronavirus. That includes the economy. It includes absolutely everything. Do not be anxious about anything. Why? Because Christ is sovereign. If our greatest enemy has been defeated, then the question is, whom shall we fear? And the answer is no one. Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. And tomorrow, Christ will still be sovereign. But then he issues a command. And what Paul is commanding here is for Christians to pray. Are you feeling anxious? Feeling worrisome? We don't turn to self-meditation. We don't, we don't turn to yoga. We turn to the Lord in prayer. If we're to meditate, we meditate on his word and his promises as we pray. God promises to calm the anxious hearts of his children as we come to him in prayer. That's why we must pray. Christians are a people who pray. As we place our request, our burdens upon him, we're honest. So be honest. Let him know your fears. Let, let him know what scares you. Let him know your uncertainties. And at the same time, remember the promises he sets for, before us in Scripture and cling to them. Remember also that as God calls us not to be anxious, not to worry, he does so knowing what we need most. Actually, turn with me, if you would, to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, where, where Jesus is telling those gathered around and, and telling us, don't be anxious, don't worry. Picking up in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field. How they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O oh, you of little faith. Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow. For tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So church, in light of these words... I want to ask, how shall we pray in the midst of our current circumstances? 
want to provide you with, with, with seven or eight things that we can be praying together as a church family. Yes, there are more, but this is a place to start. One, we can pray for God to calm our hearts and others' anxious hearts through a strong assurance of his sovereignty. To ask the Lord to remove any fear or anxiety you may have that's keeping you from trusting him. Three, pray for pray for your neighbors and how you can be serving your neighbors. Praying for specifically for them in this season. Four, pray for our government leaders that the Lord will give them wisdom and discernment as they lead. Five, pray, pray for our medical personnel and first responders that the Lord will also give them wisdom and discernment and ability and compassion as they look to care for those who are under their care. And six, pray for the Lord to give quick uh, providential cure uh, to this disease for those who are sick to, to get well and those who are healthy to remain healthy seven pray for doors to be opened around the world for the gospel to be shared and for people to come to faith in christ and eight pray for our missionaries and pastors around the world as we look to continue to minister and disciple um, in this season of uncertainty we can pray for one another and the last thing Paul provides us with is a, a comforting promise the promise being what we find in verse 7 the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus in church I pray Jesus will indeed be where you find your comfort in the days ahead. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, before we close, I want to draw your attention to a few things. One, if you are on our email distribution list, you will receive an email soon with helpful information about how you can just think about this biblically as a family. We will be providing other information and continued communication in the days ahead. Just because we can't gather publicly doesn't mean we can't remain connected. We want to do so. Two, as of right now, we don't know when we're going to be able to gather together again in person. And I'll be the first to admit this is, this is unsettling on, on multiple fronts. But primarily because I love you. And I already miss gathering with you. A sermon isn't to be preached by staring at a computer screen and re being recorded. I want to be looking at those I love. I want to be looking at you. Right now I am thinking of you and I am praying for you, as are the other elders. Yet with so much uncertainty, we also feel by not meeting, we are extending love to one another and our neighbors by helping prevent the spread of this virus. Three, we want to do everything we can to continue to love our neighbors in the midst of all that's going on. One of the organizations we currently partner with is called Kids Power Packs. This is a food distribution ministry to school-aged children throughout Jefferson and Berkeley County. 
with school uh, classes being suspended indefinitely, uh, many children will be greatly affected by not having school a school lunch program. Kids Power Packs helps meet that need. Currently, a percentage of, of your weekly giving, our weekly giving as a church, already goes to support this ministry. So we encourage you to continue to, to give your tithes and offerings to make our ability to give to them possible. At the same time, they're also in need of immediate donations. So on our website and on Facebook, you will find information regarding what's needed and where you can drop items off. And we thank you in advance for your help in meeting this need. Fourth, if, if you need prayer, please let us pray with you and for you. If you are feeling anxious, we want to, to help. You are not in this alone. Also, if you become ill in any capacity, please let us know so that we can be praying for your, your healing. You can reach out to any of the elders or staff via email. All of our emails can be found on the church website. Or don't hesitate to give us a call or reach out via Facebook. Fifth, please continue to faithfully give your tithes and offerings um, online or by mail so the ministry of the church can continue to thrive in, in the days ahead. Now, lastly, let's pray together. And then we'll be again, we'll be in touch again soon. Oh Lord, we come before you this morning. We come before you trusting in your sovereignty, trusting in your unchangingness. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And while our hearts may be anxious, let us turn to you to calm and comfort our anxious hearts. Lord, we trust that in your sovereignty, all your promises are true. And even these present circumstances are all a part of your divine plan of redemption. So we ask that you use these days to open the doors wide for gospel advancement among the nations. Bring men and women from every tribe and tongue and nation to faith in Christ. Lord, we also ask for, for you to heal those who are sick and keep those who are healthy, healthy. Be with our government leaders and give them wisdom to lead. Be with our medical personnel and give them the ability to treat and develop vaccines. Lord, we ask you to eradicate this virus. And Lord, through it all, we ask for your name to be lifted high and Christ to be made much of. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.